0: from teens to pharaohs with the it privacy and security weekly update for the week ending august 15th 2023 this update literally flies from one end of the globe to the other We've got great updates for your teens out of Boston and Las Vegas, a great primer on finding out what is in some of the privacy policies you're signing off on, and a sneaky bit of data collection coming from chipmaker Intel. We have the looming threat of what the UK's demand for unencrypted encrypted communications might mean for the population, and the new dance that Zoom is doing in regard to AI. From there, we go to Detroit, where AI that's notoriously poor at recognizing people of color get a second set of eyes, and then back to Las Vegas for the prank that made no friends in Track Hall 4. We may have some perversely good news about CAPTCHA, and then we finish over the pyramids of Giza. You want it, and we have it, even to the illumination of a sure secret to success. Let's go discover this week's world of IT security and privacy. Our first story this week comes to us from Wired.com out of the U.S. Teens hacked Boston subway cards for infinite free rides, and this time, nobody got sued. Following in the footsteps of three MIT students who were previously gagged from presenting their findings at DEFCON 2008 are two Massachusetts teens who presented at this year's DEFCON without interference. The teens extended the other research done by the 2008 hacker team to fully reverse engineer the Charlie card, the RFID touchless smart card used by Boston's public transit system. The hackers can now add any amount of money to one of these cards or invisibly designate it to a discounted student card, a senior card, or even an MBTA employee card that gives them unlimited free rides. You name it, we can make it. So what's the upshot for you? There's nothing quite like a free ride. Our next story again out of the U.S. comes to us from CNN.com. Holman's security report details how teen hackers exploited security weaknesses in some of the world's biggest companies. Last year's shocking breaches of global tech giants by a group of ingenious teenage hackers has been exposed in a recent U.S. government review. Exploiting security weaknesses in U.S. telecom carriers and business supply chain, the hackers targeted giants like Microsoft and Samsung, revealing glaring vulnerabilities even in the most fortified corporate defenses. Exclusive information obtained by CNN from the Department of Homeless Security-led review indicates that U.S. regulators are urged to hold lax security-practicing telecom firms accountable, while Congress is advised to allocate funding for programs that deter American youth from cybercrime. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas expressed deep concern, stating it's highly concerning that a loose band of hackers, including a number of teenagers, was able to consistently break into the best defended companies in the world. The rise in juvenile cybercrime has become evident. President Joe Biden established the DHS-led Cyber Safety Review Board in 2021 to dissect major hacking incidents' root causes and influence anti-cyberattack policy. The board's first review unveiled a grim reality. Eliminating software vulnerabilities worldwide could take up to a decade. The second review, to be released soon, zeroes in on a brazen group of young hackers hailing from the UK and Brazil. Their audacious attacks targeted tech giants like Microsoft, Uber, and Samsung, followed by extortion demands and taunts that shook the cybersecurity landscape. This hacking group, named Lapsus, struck fear by exposing the fragility of robust security programs. Notably, Lapsus employed SIM swapping tactics to commandeer victims' phone numbers, granting access to sensitive data like 2FA codes and personal messages. The Cyber Safety Review Board strongly advocates for stricter measures requiring telecom carriers to report such attacks to regulatory agencies and face penalties for inadequate customer protection. As the world grapples with escalating cyber threats, this cautionary tale underscores the urgency to fortify critical infrastructure against emerging and evolving risks. So what's the upshot for you? We say, try harder to make friends with teens. They're not all zombies. Our next global story comes to us from TechCrunch.com. Researchers watched hundred hours of hackers hacking honeypot computers. In a groundbreaking study, security researchers opened a window into the secretive realm of hackers by deploying a sprawling network of honeypot computers. These decoy servers, intentionally vulnerable, provided a front-row seat to cybercriminal activities. With deliberate exposure on the internet, Windows servers became virtual playgrounds for hackers who remotely harnessed control via remote desktop protocol mimicking ordinary users' actions. The honeypots witnessed a staggering 190 million events and over 100 hours of video footage, capturing hackers every move, from reconnaissance to malware deployment for cryptocurrency mining, Android emulator click fraud, and password brute forcing. Researchers identified distinct hacker profiles. Rangers evaluated compromised systems. Barbarians brute forced into others. Wizards concealed origins via connected attacks. Thieves monetized access, and bards exhibited low-skilled behavior. Honeypots offer law enforcement valuable tools, allowing lawful interception of ransomware group activities and recording sessions for investigations, while providing blue teams indicators of compromise to bolster defenses. The revelation of Honeypots prompts cybercriminals to rethink strategies, leading to a potential slowdown, benefiting cybersecurity efforts on a broader scale. So, what's the upshot for you? We always thought the best action to take when you learn something about your adversary is to keep quiet. Educating the hackers that you're watching them is going to drive more covert activity, at least from some categories of hackers. Our next story is global and comes to us from the Markup.org. As privacy policies get harder to understand, many allow companies to copy your content. Over the past quarter century, privacy policies, the lengthy, dense legal language you quickly scroll through before mindlessly hitting agree, have grown both longer and denser. A study released last year found that not only did the average length of a privacy policy quadruple between 1996 and 2021, but they also became considerably more difficult to understand. Analyzing the content of privacy policies, we identify several concerning trends, including the increasing use of location data, increasing use of implicitly collected data, lack of meaningful choice, lack of effective notification of privacy policy changes, increasing data sharing with unnamed third parties, and lack of specific information about security and privacy measures wrote De Montfort University Associate Professor Isabel Wagner, who used machine learning to analyze some 50,000 website privacy policies for the study. To get a sense of what all this means, I talked to Jesse Wu, a data engineer at the Markup who previously helped write institutional data use policies as a privacy lawyer. Wu explained that while he can see why the language in Zoom's terms and service touched a nerve, the sentiment that users allow the company to copy and use their content is actually pretty standard in those sorts of user agreements. The problem with Zoom's policy was written in a way where each of the rights being handed over to the company were specifically enumerated, which can feel like a lot. But that's also kind of just what happens when you use products or services in 2023. Sorry, welcome to the future. As a point of contrast, Wu pointed to the privacy policy of the competing video conference company, WebEx, which reads, we will not monitor content except, one, as needed to provide support or improve the provision of services. Two, investigate potential or suspected fraud. Three, we're instructed or permitted by you or for, as otherwise required by law or to exercise or protect our legal rights. Although that language feels a lot less scary, as Wu noted, training AI models could likely be covered under a company taking steps to, quote, support or improve the provision of the services, unquote. So what's the upshot for you? The article ends with a link to a helpful new guide showing how to read any privacy policy and quickly identify the important slash creepy slash enraging parts. You can find that in our transcript at the end of this podcast. Our next story is global and comes to us from extremetech.com. Intel's GPU drivers now collect telemetry, including how you use your computer. From the land of everything is collecting data on you, Intel's beta driver for ARC GPUs comes with default telemetry collection, raising concerns over user data privacy. While users have the option to decline, the tendency to hastily agree during software installation poses potential data sharing issues. Curiously absent from Intel's driver release notes, this shift in driver functionality has caught the attention of tech observers. Intel's inclusion of telemetry collection marks a significant alteration in its GPU driver strategy, sparking discussions on data ethics. Termed the Intel Computing Improvement Program, the initiative gathers various user data, including web categories visited, system usage, and peripheral identification. And they justify the collection by suggesting that giving up this data may present improvements to you in the future. So what's the upshot for you? The good news is that Intel allows you to opt out of this program, which is not the case with NVIDIA. According to Tech TechPowerUp, they don't even ask for permission. And as for AMD, they not only give you a choice to opt out, but they also explain what data they're collecting. Our next story comes to us out of the U.S. and U.K. from BBC.com. Why U.S. tech giants are threatening to quit the U.K. It was difficult to maintain a poker face when the leader of a big U.S. tech firm I was chatting with said there was a definite tipping point at which the firm would exit the U.K. Many of these companies are increasingly fed up. Their tipping point is U.K. regulation, and it's coming at them thick and fast. The online safety bill is due to pass in the autumn. Framed as protecting children, it lays down strict rules around policing social media content with high financial penalties and prison time for individual tech execs if the firms fail to comply. One clause that has proved particularly controversial is a proposal that encrypted messages, which includes those sent on WhatsApp, can be read and handed over to law enforcement by the platforms they're sent on if there's deemed a national security or child protection risk. Currently, messaging apps like WhatsApp, Proton, and Signal, which offer this encryption, cannot see the content of these messages themselves. WhatsApp and Signal have both threatened to quit the UK market over this demand. In the UK, proposed amendments to the Investigatory Powers Act, which included tech firms getting home office approval for new security features before worldwide release, incensed Apple so much that it threatened to remove FaceTime and iMessage from the UK if they go through. So, what's the upshot for you? Clearly, the UK cannot and should not be held to ransom by US tech giants, but the services they provide are widely used by millions of people, and rightly or wrongly, there is no UK-based alternative to those services. Look at what happened to the incredibly popular TikTok app in the US. It's rumored to be siphoning off loads of US data. Threatened to shut it down, But if you take any action, your constituents might vote for someone else. Our next story comes to us from Variety.com and is global. After backlash, Zoom now says it won't train AI systems on customer content. Zoom changed its terms of service to say it won't use any customer content at all in training generative artificial intelligence models. The update, which the video conference company announced Friday, comes after observers raised the alarm about a recent change in Zoom's terms of service that appeared to grant the company royalty-free rights in perpetuity for customer video calls and presentations for the purposes of training AI models. In its initial response on August 7th, Zoom said it doesn't use any customer audio, video, or chat content for training AI without consent. Now it says it will not use such content in any way related to generative AI development. In a statement Friday, appending its earlier blog post, Zoom said following feedback received regarding Zoom's recently updated terms of service, particularly related to our new generative artificial intelligence features. Zoom has updated our Terms of Service and the below blog post to make it clear that Zoom does not use any of your audio, video, chat, screen sharing, attachments, or other communications like customer content, such as polls, results, whiteboard, and reactions, to train Zooms or third-party artificial intelligence models. Zoom said it also updated in-product notice. The highest Terms of Service, the company still owns all rights to what it calls service-generated data. That comprises telemetry data, product usage data, diagnostic data, and similar data that Zoom collects or generates in connection with your or your end user's use of the services or software, the terms of service say. So what's the upshot for you? The Zoom stance on what they do and do not do over the past few years has sometimes left clients feeling like a ping pong ball in play. This move puts us back on the right side of the net, well, until the next Zoom serve, Our next story from NBCNews.com out of the U.S. Detroit police changing facial recognition policy after a pregnant woman says she was wrongly charged. The Detroit police chief said he's setting new policies on the use of facial recognition technology after a woman who was eight months pregnant said she was wrongly charged with robbery and carjacking in a case that was ultimately dismissed by prosecutors. The technology, which was used on images taken from gas station video, produced leads in the case, but was followed by very poor police work, Chief James White said. We want to ensure that nothing like this happens again, White said on Wednesday. His comments came two days after the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan announced a lawsuit on behalf of Portia Woodruff, a 32-year-old black woman who was arrested in February while trying to get children ready for school. There have been two similar lawsuits against Detroit. Woodruff was identified as a suspect in a January robbery and carjacking through facial recognition technology. She denied any role. The Wayne County Prosecutor's Office said charges later were dropped because the victim did not appear in court. White said his officers will not be allowed to use facial recognition-derived images in a photographic lineup, period. He said two captains must review arrest warrants when facial technology is used in a case, among other changes. The new policies will be presented to the Detroit Police Board of Commissioners. So what's the upshot for you? So they're not stopping the use of AI in profiling suspects, just adding a four-eyes policy to verify the results. We hope both sets of eyes remain open through the reviews. And our next story out of the U.S. from theregister.com. One hoax too far? Bomb threat causes mass evacuation at DEFCON Hacking Convention. A bomb threat? Targeting Caesars Forum, primary venue for DEFCON Hacking Convention, prompted evacuation and search by fire crews and police officers. Occurring during DEFCON's main party night, the evacuation was skillfully managed by conference goons, volunteer guides, However, festivities had to be canceled due to the challenging search for the suspect device. DEFCON organizers stated that local authorities verified the package's safety following a thorough investigation adding precautionary sweeps were conducted before resuming activities, ensuring attendees security. Despite the disruption, organizers worked diligently to maintain the event's schedule. DEFCON, spanning from August 10th to August 13th, aimed to provide attendees with an enriching experience. The hoax-caller's disruptive act followed DEFCON's vibrant atmosphere, impacting even film enthusiasts in Track 4 Hall. Security measures, although robust, faced challenges as attendees respected the event's culture through clever pranks and intricate interactions. So what's the upshot for you? Everyone is calling the prankster utterly selfish, but none more so than those in Track 4 Hall who were enjoying 2001 A Space Odyssey and who were forced to miss the crucial last 10 minutes of the movie. Out of the U.S. comes our next story from TechCrunch.com. Add Colorado and Missouri residents to the health data stolen after MoveIt hackers targeted IBM. Millions of Americans have had their sensitive medical and health information stolen after hackers exploiting a zero-day vulnerability in the widely used MoveIt file transfer software rated systems operated by tech giant IBM. Colorado's Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing, which is responsible for administering Colorado's Medicaid program, confirmed on Friday that it had fallen victim to the move at Mass hacks, exposing the data of more than 4 million patients. In a data breach notification to those affected, Colorado's HCPF said that the data was compromised because IBM, one of the state's vendors, uses the Move-It application to move HCPF data files in the normal course of business. The letter states that while no HCPF or Colorado state government systems were affected by this issue, certain HCPF files on the Move-It application used by IBM were accessed by the unauthorized actor. These files include patients' full names, dates of birth, home addresses, social security numbers, Medicaid and Medicare ID numbers, income information, clinical and medical data, including lab results and medication and health insurance information. HCPF says about 4.1 million individuals are affected. IBM has yet to publicly confirm that it was affected by the move at MassHacks, and an IBM spokesperson did not respond to a request for comment by TechCrunch. The breach of IBM's move it systems also impacted Missouri's Department of Social Services, or DSS, through, though the number of affected individuals is not yet known. More than 6 million people live in Missouri State. In a data breach notification posted last week, Missouri's DSS said IBM is a vendor that provides services to DSS, the state agency that provides Medicaid services to eligible Missourians. The data vulnerability did not directly impact any DSS systems but impacted data belonging to DSS. DSS says that the data accessed may include an individual's name, department, client number, date of birth, possible benefit, eligibility status, and coverage, and medical claims information. So what's the upshot for you? This story just keeps on snowballing. And out of the UK from the independent.co.uk, bots are way better than you at cracking Are You a Robot CAPTCHA test, a study finds. In the study, scientists assessed 200 of the most popular websites and found that 120 still used CAPTCHA. They took the help of 1,000 participants online from diverse backgrounds, varying in location, age, sex, and education level, to take 10 CAPTCHA tests on these sites and gauge their difficulty levels. Researchers found that many bots described in scientific journals could beat humans at these tests in both speed and accuracy. Some CAPTCHA tests took human participants between 9 and 15 seconds to solve, with an accuracy of about 50 to 84 percent, while it took the bots less than a second to crack them with up to near perfection. The bots' accuracy ranges from 85 to 100 percent, with majority above 96 percent. This substantially exceeds the human accuracy range we observed of 50 to 85 percent, scientists wrote in the study. They also found that the bot's solving times are significantly lower or nearly the same as humans in almost all cases. So what's the upshot for you? Can you imagine the improvement in your quality of life without CAPTCHA? And our last story this week comes to us out of Egypt from youtube.com. Even the pharaohs aren't getting any privacy. A trio of daredevil wingsuit flyers made an incredibly close pass to the Egyptian pyramids in a brand new video released by GoPro last Friday. Fred Fugen, Aurelien Chartard, and Vincent Cote got an up-close view of something very few people will ever get to see, the top of the Egyptian pyramids. These masters of skydiving and base jumping exited a helicopter thousands of feet above Egypt, GoPro writes in the video's description. After bursting through the wall of clouds, the trio built their formation and buzzed by one of the seven wonders of the world. Scary and breathtaking at the same time. So what's the upshot for you? Given the significant location of the jump, there will be a maze of permits, planning, and safety measures put into place for both the jumpers and the historic landmarks, a feat alone that is no small task. This detail wasn't shared, but would also be incredibly interesting. And our quote of the week, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. Thomas A. Edison. That's it for this week. Stay safe, stay secure, never give up, and see you in seven.